I want to deal with how we move forward when we're dealing with storms in life. Because how many of you would agree with me that moving forward when things are happening is tough? Moving forward when there's storms in life is difficult. And I would actually argue that one of the reasons that we tend to not move forward in life and faith is because we're dealing with storms, the storms of life, on a pretty consistent basis. And so if storms are consistent, we got to look at what's stronger than the storms, right? And so that's what I want to do. So Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13 to 20 says this, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, He swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abram, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. In other words, the Bible is saying that God has made a promise, all right? And what he's swearing his promise by is the strongest swearing by you can do. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. And I love verse 19. It says this, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul. What do we have? We have his promise. His promise is a sure anchor. It is a steadfast anchor for what? My soul. Right? So when we sing things like my soul knows very well, Right? That, that there can be peace in my soul. What are we doing? We're singing according to a promise that says, because Jesus is unchanging, he's unwavering, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I have a sure and steadfast anchor for my soul. And that he's sworn these promises to us by something that is unchanging, and that is him. So we have this steadfast anchor for us, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Today, as we continue on in our series, Chasing Horizons, I want to speak to you from the subject, Storm Chasers. Storm Chasers, as we look at how to move forward in life and faith by standing in the midst of our storms. Will you pray with me just one more time this morning? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, it's active, and it's powerful. I thank you for this beautiful church comprised of people from all kinds of different backgrounds, places, spaces, ethnicities, socioeconomic demographics, all of it. In other words, we are all different. But at the same time, we can come underneath the name that is above every name. Your name. And so we worship you right now. We praise you right now. We ask you to speak to us as we dig into your word. Teach us right now. In Jesus' mighty name, come on and everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. Um, How many of you have ever seen the movie Twister before? Helen Hunt, remember that? Yeah, these are my people. I loved that movie. Like, I don't know about you, but whenever I was, like, sick, I would watch Twister. Like, do you have those movies that you watch when, like, you're sick, you got to stay at home? Twister's one of my go-to. Like, I love Twister. I remember I saw Twister when we were still doing laser discs. You guys remember laser discs? Yeah, I'm starting to date myself. Still not as old as some, but still all the same. Um, But 
we loved this movie in my house, and uh, I always watch like National Geographic and, and, and shows like that that show you the journey of storm chasers. They've always fascinated at me, uh, fascinated me. Why? Because I have a proclivity to probably doing things like that. Um, my wife won't let me because usually when I do adventurous things, I end up half dead or other situations going on in life. Um, but I gotta, I gotta square up with you. Like, if I'm really honest, I would chase storms. Like, I would drive my truck into the middle of a tornado. Because to me, that seems fun. Um, there, there's, interesting, <laughs> there's interesting dynamics to that. So as we've been watching these hurricanes and all the different things that have been happening, um, especially in our nation and around the world, I, like, I'm on my phone, I'm on news channels, like, I'm on weather channels watching these things. Because I actually, at the end of the day, I am fascinated by weather. I'm fascinated by storms. My wife will ask me what the weather's going to be like because I'm actually in tune with what's happening with weather because I love it. If I wasn't a pastor, I would be a weatherman. Like that is where I would probably go. <laughs> and it's interesting right now because like obviously my heart goes out to, to so many across the nation right now who are, who are being affected by the storms um, that, that we're seeing, especially over in, in the southern areas of, of the United States and um, over towards Florida and everything like that. And uh, as I watch these storms, though, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm fascinated about them. But what fascinates me even more is not the natural storms that we go through in life, uh, like rain, wind, thunder, tornadoes, hurricanes, but the storms that you and I go through in life. Right? And at the end of the day, what I've come to discover is that being a pastor is a lot like being a weatherman. That we're trying to assess and look at different storms that all of us are facing in life and how we deal with those storms. Because some of our storms are tornadoes in nature, some of them are hurricanes in nature, some of them are earthquakes shaking up everything in our lives. Come on somebody, right? But we all go through storms. Come on, shout storms. 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 And so I think what we need to do is we need to understand storms. The fact of the matter is that storms are a part of life. And not just part of life, but a very important. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down because it, it, like it's, it's something for us to hold on. Storms are actually important for our lives. They're good for you. Some of you like, no, no amen to that one. <laughs> so we have an option. We can either run from them or we can go through them. And in the vein of not going back, the writer of Hebrews right here in chapter 6 encourages us to be storm chasers. He says, listen, there's a lot of reasons why we want to go backwards in our faith. There's a lot of reasons why we want, to, we want to not pursue forward motion in faith and in life. And one of those reasons is because of storms. For many of us, we realize that forward motion means that I'm going to go through things in life and faith. It means that there's going to be storms. It means that there's going to be heartache. It means there's going to be situations that I don't enjoy. Circumstances that are less than favorable. Life is going to produce for us. Faith is going to produce for us storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes of our soul. We're going to go through it. We're going to go through hard relationships. We're going to go through breakups. We're going to go through frustration. We're going to go through lack. We're going to go through pain. We're going to go through all of these things. It is the storms of life because here's the truth. I've discovered that if we will go through it, we will grow through it. If we go through the storm, we will grow through the storm. That's why James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, he says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. When was the last time you were like, giddy up, I'm in a storm, yeehaw. <laughs> 
love us. Right? You walk into church, you're like, hey, how's things going? You're like, man, it's a rough week. Why? I'm in a storm right now. That's more or less the direction we'll go. Like, when was the last time you and ever somebody was like, hey, how you doing? You're like, man, I'm going through a storm right now, and it is awesome. We don't go that direction. Many of us don't think in that way. But James is saying, listen, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever, 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 whenever. <laughs> Whenever you experience various trials. And notice he says various. Not a specific kind. Because let's be honest. Some of us would be like okay with storms as long as they were a specific kind of storm. Right? You'd be like, I'm okay with this storm. I can do this. But don't switch it up on me. Because then I'm going to fall apart. I'm going to lose my mind. So I'm good with this storm. I'm like, I'm good with this dysfunction. I'm good with this reality. I'm like, I can stay in this lane. But if I move from hurricane to earthquake, we're going to have problems. I don't want that. That's why many of us will never move to California. (laughs) But what happens? He says, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith, it produces something. Endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So here's the deal. If we go through them, we'll grow through them. So here's what I want to I encourage us with today. This is positive, encouraging Caleb. <laughs> Y'all going to be in some storms. <laughs> There's the encouragement. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to be in a storm. Turn back to them and say, no, you're going to be in a storm. <laughs> we are all going to be there. That's why James says, when, when we all go through them, we all deal with them. Not one person in this auditorium this morning is exempt from them. Storms are going to happen. Not if, but when. When. However, the problem is that for many of us, we're now frustrated because naturally we don't want to deal with storms. Right? We may feel that we shouldn't have to. And for that matter, if God is good, why would he allow us to deal with them? If God is good, why would we go through a storm? And the crazy part is, it is because God is good that he allows us to experience the storms of life. So I want us to reframe the way that we think about God sometimes. Because for many of us, our only idea of God is that his goodness is predicated upon our ease. But God's goodness is actually predicated upon his fatherly nature. And his fatherly nature says, I'm going to allow you to experience some things so that you can grow and mature and develop this little thing called endurance. Endurance. And so we've got to understand that storms are a part of life. It's good. See, the writer of Hebrews As he penned these words, his desire was to encourage a people that were ready to give up. They were ready to throw in a towel. Hebrews suggests, first of all, that the Christian life is a life of storms. It's exposed to storms of persecution, doubt, remorse, inward corruption, outward adversity. And the last great storm, death. We're afraid of it. Can we be honest? I mean, look at all the pills and surgeries and things that we need to do. So we're doing what? Avoiding the end outcome at the end of the day. It's the last great storm. That's why the Bible encourages us that that Christ has defeated death, hell, 
and the grave. Come on, somebody. So these are the storms that we're going to face, and learning how to adjust to them appropriately is what God has really designed for us. And, and, and the reality is we all have these moments, maybe seasons when it feels like we want to give up. Hebrews remind us that there's one who is greater than the things that we are facing in life. There's one that is greater than the storm. We have an anchor, a hope in Jesus, for he is good, sure, steadfast, and reliable. He's an anchor for my soul. He is my hope. And he ultimately gives us the ability to weather the storm. He helps us stand in the midst of our storm. So today I want to take a very practical look with the remainder of our time together. I want to take a a look at the why behind our storms. Because I'm fascinated with the why. Like why things happen. Like Twister. If you watch the movie Twister, they're sending these little probes up into the tornado so they can do what? So they can understand why a tornado. What happens in the tornado. Like what's the deal behind everything. And I, as we've progressed in technology, you can learn all kinds of fascinating things about storms. So I think we should understand why Storms. If we're going to go through storms in life, not hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes, but our personal storms, I think we should understand why. Does that work? So that's what I want to look at this morning, but I need your help. Come on, every shot number one. First thing is this, is that our storms develop who we are. Our storms develop who we are. Here's the truth. Nothing great is ever developed in ease. Nothing great is ever developed in ease. One arborist wrote this concerning the development of a tree. When the body of a tree or a branch or a twig is bent by a gust of wind, the sap cells are compressed on one side of the bend and stretched on the other. In both cases, the result is that as the bent branch or body straightens again and the sap cells reopen, an extra supply of sap is pumped by suction to these points of strain. Thus, the tree is not only made to grow larger and stronger at these points, but the whole tree grows faster and stronger, just as the exercise of your legs and arms not only strengthens them, but affects your whole body. In other words, it is the storm that strengthens the tree to resist the storm. Did you hear that this morning? And we want to run from storms, but the truth is, is that storms develop us. They actually, the more storms that I go through, the better able I am to resist the more storms that are going to come. That as a storm presses against me, I get stronger, I get broader, and then a bigger storm comes. And I know that I can resist that storm. I can stand in the middle of that storm. I can be pressed on every side. Why? Because I just went through another storm. Yeah, that's good. So my storm tells me I'm well able to take on the next storm. It's good. The next storm. Have you ever seen those people like in flood? Like, I mean, the floods are devastating right now. But I saw a picture the other day. There was a guy. He was in a kayak having a grand old time. <laughs> Just like laughing and smiling. All right. And I think that should be the picture of us when we're in our storms. Just having a grand old time in our storms. Does it hurt? Yeah. Are we looking at the devastation around us sometimes? Yeah. But come on. We can readjust how we go through our Storms. The storm is what strengthens the, the tree to resist the storm. It develops us. And so many times in life we allow the storms that we find ourselves in, check this out, we allow them to defeat us rather than develop us. We allow them to sap the strength out of us to the point where we shrink back and give up. Yet the reality is that some pretty amazing things are developed with us, within us as we learn to stand in our storms and not give up. 
I, I came up with a thing. There's a lot of things that get developed in us, right? But I came up with some, uh, some things that I think are actually really important that get developed in us, at least that I've noticed in my storms. And uh, maybe it'd be true of your storms as well. The first thing is character. Yeah. Character. I know, not seemingly the most spectacular, sexy thing to talk about nowadays. But at the end of the day, it's one of the most important things that we could have and develop in our lives, especially in a generation that seems to lack in this area. Yeah. Character. Right? When the storm comes and it pushes against us, it will. When you have to stand in the midst of the storm, it will develop character. The ability to remain who you are in the midst of anything. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that we tend to, when in the middle of a storm... Reverse away from who we know we're supposed to be in order to deal with the storm. Some of us go to unhealthy behaviors. Unhealthy coping mechanisms to, to deal with the storm. You say, well, I'm in the midst of a storm, so I'm going to go back to, that's what the Hebrew, that's what we're talking about. I'm going to go back to my partying. I'm going to go back to that relationship. I'm going to go back to this way of thinking. I'm going to go to back to this way of behaving. Instead of going, wait a second, I'm going to allow my storm to push against me, and I'm going to remain who I am supposed to be in Christ. Not in myself, but in Christ, and I'm going to stand. And when that storm pushes against you and the winds blow against you, guess what? Character is developed and you become the tree that God desires you to be. He's developing something in you. The book of Hebrews sucks. (laughs) Why? Because it's an entire book about this. Becoming. So our storms actually develop our character. Check this out. Our storms develop perspective. I found that when we stand in our storms, when we remain in our storms, our perspective changes and we learn to see things in a way that is more biblical, more Christ-like, and more grace-saturated. It changes my perspective, how I, how I see things. I was in uh, Texas at the end of summertime uh, for a... Uh, for like a, it was like a little mini conference, and it was a couple pastors who were brought together to work on our uh, preaching and teaching skills. Um, it was like a, it was like a coaching class. There was like six of us there, and we're doing this thing um, in this in the small room. I was teaching and preaching to like five other guys, and then they would critique you and tell you where you're weird and work on this stuff. And there was a lot of critique on me. Um, and uh, so we're doing this, and all of a sudden, this big old siren goes off. And many of you who would, who would maybe be from the south, especially the Texas area, you know what siren I'm talking about. This, And I don't, I don't even want to try to mimic the siren. But all the rest of the guys were from that area, right? And so they just kept on doing what they were doing. They were just sitting there chilling, judging everybody. And critiquing their message, right? This siren went up and I jumped up out of my seat. I'm a west coast guy. Like, I've just dealt with rain and sun. That is it, right? And so I jumped up and I was like, what is that? And they're like, you're judged again. And so, but I'm asking like, and, and two, like if you know my personality, I'm a little bit of a child sometimes. And so, so now I'm fascinated by what's going on. So I like interrupt the entire class. I jump up and I'm like, what's, and none of them are moving. They're not doing anything. And I'm like, what is, there's a siren. A loud siren. And so my friend, he goes, like, what do you need, Jason? And I was like, I need to go understand the siren. (laughs) 
So they're like, well, class dismissed for a second. Let's go entertain Jason's need to hear the siren. So we went all, no joke, we went outside and I'm standing out there and there's these clouds. They're, they're starting to swirl. And the siren is because I text Erica and I was like, I'm in a tornado! <laughs> Nothing came out of the sky, but because there was a siren, I was in a tornado. I was good to go. So I've been in a tornado, guys, just so you know. I survived a tornado. (laughs) Why do I tell that story? Everybody who had been through a storm like that before had a very different perspective than I did. They They didn't move. They didn't shift. They weren't worried about it. I was like, is no one afraid right now? They're like, no, we'll be good. If it gets really bad, they'll let us know. That's what they they said. I was like, wow. And I'm like, oh, just jacked. Like, I'm like, what do we do, guys? Like, because in my mind is Helen Hunt and Twister. That's all I could think of. Our perspective changes during storms. Here's one of the the last things I've found develops in this. Humility. I love this one. Humility is developed within us. When we become the type of person that experiences storms well. It happens when we go through a storm. Because how many of you know when you go through a hard moment in life, when you go through a storm in life, it has a tendency to kind of level you out a little bit. Here's the thing. Ease produces entitlement and pride. Can I be a challenging pastor for a second? I'm concerned that Western American Christians are developing a faith that is produced on pride and entitlement, not humility and character. Why? Because we lose our minds with God when we go through a storm. How dare you, God? Don't you know who I am? He's like, well, yeah, I kind of created you, but whatever. (laughs) Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? That when anything presses up against us, we don't know how to, like, we don't know how to manage, manage it. At the end of the day, storms create humility. All of a sudden, I now have the ability to sit through things with other people who are going through storms. Why? Because I haven't had a life of ease. I've had a life of storms. And everybody else around me is having storms as well. And I'm the oddball out if I'm constantly looking for ease and no problems in my life, right? This isn't the Lion King, Akuna Matata. Okay? But that's what we want Jesus to be for us, right? It means no worries. Like, that's how we want life to go for us. Our faith has become a kuna matata. And he's saying, no, storms. Not a kuna matata, storms. And we're going to go through it, and it produces humility. When we learn to stand in our storms. So the first thing that we need to understand about our storms is that our storms develop who we are. Number two, come on, Rashad, number two. Second thing is this. Our storms reveal what we trust in. Our storms reveal what we trust in. Proverbs 10.25 says this. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked are no more, but the righteous are secure forever. In other words, the storms that we find ourselves in will quickly reveal who and what we have placed our faith, our hope, and our trust in. At the end of the day, our ability to stand in a storm is more about who he is rather than who we are. And I've seen some of the strongest men and women that I've ever met 
in life leveled by the storm that they were facing because they they relied upon their own strength rather than his strength. Here's the deal. There will always be a storm that is stronger than our natural abilities and faculties. That's why Paul says, like, understand something, like, take heed lest you fall. As he said, he's trying to help us understand, like, listen, there's always going to be a storm that's greater than our ability. Right? I remember uh, being in California, 1989. Many of you know this earthquake that happened in 1989, uh, San Francisco area. And I was at an after-school program. And I've told this story before, but I think it bears repeating. And when this earthquake hit, nobody really knew what what to do. And so the teachers, as like everything is shaking, everything is going crazy. It's just a bunch of little kids who like become pinballs, right? And the teachers are yelling, they're like, run! Like, get cover! And then one like teacher with a great idea, she's like, run to the tables, right? These were cafeteria tables. And so you see all these, this horde of kids go running to these tables. And I don't remember if you remember I don't, know, I don't know if you remember tables in the cafeteria, but they were mobile in nature. So we watched all these little kids, including myself, run to these tables, and all of a sudden, they grabbed on underneath where all the, like, the metal was holding the wheels, but none of them had been locked down because they were being moved around for this after-school program. So here's this earthquake, and all these small children underneath these tables that now became vehicles for them. So we're all running around and we're like holding on to these tables and these tables are like flying across the cafeteria. They look like, you know those little monkeys that hold on to your antenna? That's what we look like. We're like hanging on like this, like clamped on and the tables are just going across the auditorium. And now kids were in a severe death trap. Not because of the earthquake, but because of the tables that didn't have the ability to stay anchored in the midst of the earthquake. And here's the thing, the problem that many of us are facing is we're holding on to movable objects in the midst of our storms. Anybody with me this morning? We're holding on to things that don't have the ability to stay anchored when we're going through earthquake moments in our life. Listen, storms will reveal who and what you trust in. My wife is strong. She's a strong woman. We're we're really big into the Enneagram right now. So in our household, we are both eights. It's not a good combination. Okay? But we've known each other for such a long time, and uh, she's learned how to change. And so um, it's... (laughs) It's enabled us to do life together. But um, I say this, and, and we say this in our house a lot, She's not my anchor. She can't be. She's not the one or the thing that I hold on to in the midst of the storm. And she doesn't want it either. Just don't hold on to me. Because at a certain, at a certain point, we may find ourselves in a storm that we are in our normal ability cannot handle. So she will be an improper anchor for me. She can't anchor me. So at the end of the day, Jesus has to anchor me. My job can't anchor me. My finances cannot anchor me. My position cannot anchor me. My abilities, my smarts, my education, my degrees, the financial markets, my politics, none of those things can anchor me. I am anchored by one anchor and one anchor alone. The one that doesn't change. It was sworn by a couple promises. His name is Jesus. And we may go like, how do I anchor with him? Well, that's what this series is about. That's what being in church 
church is about. That's what being in table groups is about. That's what developing in our faith is about, is that learning that Jesus is the anchor that is unmovable. He will not shift on you. So what do you rely on? I want to ask you this. What do you trust in? What do we trust in that does not have the ability to be sure, steady, steadfast, an anchor for our soul? Are you relying on your spouse? Are you relying on your kids? Are you relying on your hobbies? Are you relying on your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friends, this, that, the other? Are you even relying on this church? Are you relying on me? Because it will not stand. It will always be shakable. There is one anchor and his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. So I was like, I haven't heard pastors say that before. It's true. This building could be gone tomorrow. If we're really honest, this church could disperse tomorrow. And if our lives are anchored in those things, guess what? It's the wrong anchor. Because we will once again find ourselves. If your life is anchored in a leader, it's the wrong place. I cannot be your anchor. Why? Because I'm a human being. I will mess up. I will let you down. At some point or another. I will not say hi to you in the lobby. <laughs> Who and what is your anchor? And the last one is this. Number three. Every shot number three. three. You guys with me so far this morning? Third thing is this. Is that our storms identify what we really need. Our storms identify what we, what we really need. Um. I was watching the news coverage of all the storms that are happening right now across our nation and especially when they were preparing for the uh, hurricane uh, in the Florida area. And uh, you know how they always do the news segments of everybody like charging Walmart? Right? And people are just like running in droves. They're just like, I mean, they're busting through the doors and they show, uh, they show Walmart and it looks like, like the zombie apocalypse has taken place. Everything is off the shelves. Nothing is there anymore. Why? Because people are running after what they, what they need to weather the storm. You guys with me? I wonder what we believe we need to weather the storm. weathering a storm. There are things that are necessary or of absolute importance in order to weather a storm. What do we typically choose to help us in our storm? And I'm just still the type of guy that believes that the only thing I need to weather the storms of life concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. He's talking about this thing that was in his side, ailment. Many scholars and theologians would believe that he actually literally had a physical ailment that was going on. And I don't know if you've ever been there before, but you're asking God for healing. You're asking God to take this thing away. And Paul's saying, listen, I've pleaded with God to do what I know that God is capable of doing. But this is what he says. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. It's this, therefore I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses. Let's go back and see how it connects to James. We read that at the beginning where Paul's now saying, hey listen, I'm going to boast 
I'm not just going to be joyful, but I'm going to boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul is saying every single day, I look forward to my storms because it's in that moment that I know I'm the closest to Jesus. I'm close to his grace. I'm close to his power. I'm close to his sufficiency. Why? Because when I am at my weakest, he's at his strongest. So Paul's saying, I'm boasting it. How you doing today, Paul? So weak. <laughs> Could you imagine that response walking into church? How you doing today? Horrible. What's happening? My family disowned me. What? My friends left me. Huh? I lost my job. Wait, what? It doesn't, doesn't make sense. No, no, it makes sense if you understand who's at their strongest when they're at their weakest. type personalities are struggling with this because you're like, oh, wait a second, what am I supposed to just do what I need to do in order to do the thing? And it's like, no, no, no. We've got to learn how to stand in the storm. Allow it to develop me. Allow it to change me. Allow it to redefine me. Because at the end of the day, can I encourage you with something this morning, church? God in heaven has such a grander perspective of what it is that we need and where it is that we're going in any given tell you something. This message is not birthed out of me just studying theology and sitting behind my Bible. I've been in some storms lately. I've been in storms that I did not see coming. I've been in storms that hurt me more than I thought I could be hurt. I've been in some storms where I've questioned a lot. Can I tell you something this morning? That I get up here and I will start shouting at you every single week about the storms of life. Why? Because I've just come to find out that I can stand in the midst of my storms. That I can see Jesus in the midst of my storms. I can understand his grace in the midst of my, in my storms. I can know his love and his peace and his joy and his comfort and the hope that I have in Jesus. Why? Because I'm standing in the storm. I got some rain on me. I'm looking all kinds of wild. The wind has mowed my hair this way. And everything is looking funky. But guess what? Jesus is in the midst of my storm. It is chaos. It doesn't make sense. I don't know which way is up. But he's in my storm. I don't know north. I don't know south. I don't know east. I don't know west. But he's in my storm. He's pointing me in the direction I need. Why? Because he is a sure and steadfast anchor for my soul. In the midst of my storm. I wonder what your anchor is. Tiny anchor? As for me and my boat, sitting in the midst of a storm, blam! I'm gonna let that thing go deep. Why? It ain't gonna move. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Come on, marriage, fighting in that thing, throw an anchor down. His name is Jesus. Facing your addiction again, throw that anchor down. His name is Jesus. Feeling doubt and insecurity and fear. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. His name is Jesus. He is a sure and steadfast anchor for my Are you confused? Are you doubting? Are you fearful? Are you insecure? Is your mind in all kinds of mess and you don't know what's going on up here? His name is Jesus. He is a sure, unchanging, steadfast anchor for our souls. Come on, let's stand to our feet in this moment.